What's up, man? Not much. What's been going on? Not much, man. For bringing it back full circle. So I remember it's been, what has it been now? Like two months since we did our first one of these that was cut really, really short. Yeah, I think we were just kind of, we were learning so much. And then we it seemed like we were just testing it out, see how it went. And I think some really good things came out of it. Yeah. I remember we had a really good conversation, gotten some great feedback from it. So I think definitely... Um, Took too long to do another one, but I think it's good timing right now. Yeah. Where, I where the market is. Yeah. I think that um, we, part of the reason of like doing it again with you uh, since those couple months, I've had a couple of different people that's been out of the market just to kind of just have a conversation and just kind of, you know, you know, you've gotten to know me really well over the last few years to where like, I just like to learn wisdom from whoever it is to try to see, you know, how can I, how can I, uh, implement that in my life to be able to just be a better me pretty much. And then, but within this two, two, three months, we've learned so much as far as not just podcasts, but content creation. And, and you're right with the current market, the way it is, I feel like that's definitely, you know, helping us with, you know, gathering more market share, um, where we're at right now. Uh, you know, we're, we're definitely in such a market that you are having to, Relook at things, right? You're having to relook at the way you do things, revisit it. We're we're in a market right now where you can kind of feel the tension in the air. You yeah. can feel people hurting right now because of the inflation. You can feel uh, people hurting right now a little bit because everything's tight. And so I think that that it's a good time to revisit everything. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you have to look at how you do everything. We've been in such an order-taking environment the last couple years from a customer service standpoint that it's now come, we have to come full circle now to see how much value we can actually give to our clients and and just uh, relook at everything. Yeah, I think right now is definitely a good time to set yourself apart uh, by everything. Customer service, um, just content creation, social media, all different types of way, but, but you also have to set yourself apart like literally apart from those people that are being negative right you yeah. hear um misery loves company and so many people in this market that are actually not even doing that bad they're just it's so easy to just start talking negative so i think that uh us focus on on the good positive things over this last few months have def has definitely helped at least people like you and i i think seasons like this are are good yeah and the other day it was a couple of days ago i got to the office and I get there and my keyboard's not working, right? And I can't get it to work. I'm unplugging the USB and plugging it back in and it's telling me error with the USB. And I look all around our office, we don't have any extras. And I'm like, well, I can't order one from Amazon. I can't have that immediate gratification from Amazon. So I have to drive Best Buy's closed. I end up going to Office Depot. I go in there and it's all, I mean, old school, you know, yeah. run down. It looks exactly the same as it did 20 years ago, yeah. I feel, when I go in there. And it brought back these memories for me of when I first got in this business. I remember going out on my own, basically commission only, and going to an office depot. I had probably had less than a thousand bucks to my name, and I spent six hundred on that of that on a uh, printer, phone, and a shredder, and a couple other small things, mm -hmm. right? And it it brought brought me back to that point in my life that I was willing to do anything. And over the time, it seems like a lot of those things that I was willing to do, I'm no longer willing to do right now for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. And it just got, got me motivated to go back and say, you know, I'm willing to make any phone call, knock on any door, ask for business from anybody right yeah. now 
because that's the market that we're going to, right? Yeah. Like we have to go back to those basics, but that's the question we have to ask ourselves is like, what are we willing to do when our back is against the wall? Yeah. Right. And do those things when it's not. Yeah. And that way you don't get your back up against the wall. Yeah. And so you've been in the business now 20 years. It'll be 20 years uh, next next summer. So 19 Next years. summer. And I'm over here hitting almost four and a half years, which still, I would consider myself still new in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have those people that have been in the business, whether it's four, three, or they've just started. And would you not, I mean, I've had conversations with you, you know, even whenever rates were super low and I said, what's the lowest you've ever seen rates? And you told me like right now. (laughs) And then, so my question for you is like, what is the, what is the hardest, uh, time that you've seen in the 20 years? Is this the hardest time or have you seen other hardest, harder times or? Well, again, this is something always to keep in mind that the hard time you're in always seems like the hardest time. Right. And so, yes, right now, it feels like it's not, it's a very difficult time just based on the fact that rates are up. When rates are up, in my experience, in my 19 years, it typically coincides with the market being up, the economy booming, those kind of things. This particular time, that's not the case. Uh, rates are up higher, they spiked, and on top of that, stock market's down, relatively speaking, to where it was here in the last year or so. Uh, consumer confidence is down right now. So it is, it is kind of a little storm that we're in right now, but I feel we'll be coming out of it soon, but it is, it is a tough one. To answer your question, you know, obviously that 2008, 2009 crash was probably outs, like outside looking in, um, the hardest one, but, but here's the big thing. I was, those were years earlier in my career that I was super hungry. So it, it, it wasn't something that affected my confidence or morale in those years because I was hungry. And that's the point I was making a while ago is that, you need to make the decisions to do what you need to do, regardless of what's going on around you. Yeah, I, you you said you hit the nail right in the head when you said every single time that you're faced with a hard time, it seems like the hardest time. And it made me think of kind of like you know being at the gym and and you're just starting out, and then let's say you hit a you know 150 pound PR on on bench, and then that's like the hardest that you've ever had to push because you've never gone that heavy. Well, whenever you get to 200, you're like, man, this is the heaviest I've ever gone to. But now 150, you look back at it and you're like, I mean, that's still kind of heavy, but I can, you know, I, I could do it, you know, however many times. And then you get to 250 and then you're like, whoa, this is definitely the hardest that, but all those hard times are making you a better LO, a better person, a better business person. So that's what's motivating me because I feel like now I'm, I'm there where you were back in 2008 and you're, you're right. I think that, that even though I didn't live it, back back whenever you know was in the business but it seems like there was a lot more actual uh data that was affecting people back then as far as like man I can't afford to pay my mortgage anymore and I can't I I can't sell my house because my house is upside down that's you know inflation in a way it's kind of sucks that we're going through it but it's kind of it's helping the the the, the values of the homes and and I think that in a way you can always look at the glass half full instead of half empty yeah you know that that curiosity that is sparked by those difficult times is so healthy. The, what am I doing wrong? Okay. That sounds like a cry of desperation, but it's not. It's what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Right. Like what, what can I do better? Like what changes can I make? Those are super healthy questions for not only business, for you personally, for your family, for everything. You know what I mean? And I, I think that, um, 
I think that it's important to go through those hard times. To answer your question regarding the having a hard time, that 2008-2009 uh, crash, which I don't think we're going to be in a crash, but that crash was fueled by the fact that anybody and everybody could borrow. Yeah. Right? Like, you fog a mirror, here's your loan. Right? Yeah. I remember 580, 560 credit scores, stated income available, all kinds of stuff like that that you could do it. I would argue right now that it's actually harder guideline-wise for somebody to qualify than it was a year ago. So I don't think we're in danger in that area. Yeah, which is great news, really. Uh, so within the same subject, so the last couple of days I've had, and I'm sure you probably have too, have probably had anywhere between six to eight uh, agents reach out to me, uh, mainly from Keller Williams. I think they had a big... Uh, sales meeting or something. Mm -hmm. And one of their brokers talked about, um, assumption, uh, assumption loans, like somebody assuming a loan and what I'm, you know, from what I'm able to information that I'm able to give them, it, it sounds like, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like though that type of loan and that type of product, if you call it a product, cause it's not even something that we do It's something that kind of servicing kind of whoever servicing the loan was more of a thing back then when people were like, I'm in hot water, I can't list my home and I need to get out of it. Like, do you want to take my low rate? And then, so like, would you agree with that? Or, or do you think that people are, are truly, cause it's easy to say like, Hey, rates are five, 6% right now. It, can I assume someone's loan that they had for like 3% or even four is, but where, where are your thoughts on that? I think loan assumption in theory in theory, is really cool. In theory, right? In practice, you're not going to see it that often, to be honest with you. The lenders, it's not going to be a super easy process because they do have to qualify the person again. There's going to be a lot of stipulations there. <clears throat> also, keep in mind that the loan's case number stays tied to you. So, you know, something happens where that guy stops paying it. It forecloses. All of a sudden, your cavers is tied up. Your, your, your uh, connection with the FHA loans and FHA connection is tied up. Um, it's not going to be as common. And I do, do I think that it's an, like, do I agree with Keller in the sense that I think it's a great conversation starter with the client? Absolutely. You know, do, if once I get conversing with you about like, Hey, you could possibly do an assumption loan here. And then they see the house, they like the house. And then now we're talking about, Hey, how do we get into this house? Yeah. So do I think it's a great like tool to uh, spark interest? I do. I think that that's exactly what I've been telling them. I said, yeah. even though, because, because one of the agents, uh, was like, you know, well, is there still a contract and all this? And I said, honestly, I, I I'm not sure, but, it, but if there's not, let's say, or even if there is, I, I couldn't even answer you on if you still get paid a commission on it, because from what I'm understanding is that the person that's like given the loan to the, to another person is, is given everything away, such as like the equity and everything. So, but, but I told him, I said, but it's a great, uh, conversation for somebody that if you have five buyers, that's now two buyers because those three are scared of the rates. Uh, you can have that conversation to sound more knowledgeable and also kind of give them some hope as of yeah. like, Hey, you know, is it okay if I still keep you on my list uh, in case I come up with a borrower that's in really hot water and needs to somebody to assume their loan? And at that point, you would be looking at a two, three percent rather than a five or six. Yeah, I think an assumption loan is more for, in my opinion, is more for like, say that um, we bought a home right now a couple years ago, got a three percent rate. My son's 11 right now. 
when he turns 18, it's not unlikely that rates are double digits. Yeah. And at that point, I would just hand down the loan to him and, and give him the property. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more of a family thing. But, you know, I'm sure there are ways to use assumption loans as a tool to be able to sell your home. And with that conversation of, hey, using it to be able to just get your foot in the door. Uh, one person that I can think of that I've met one time, you worked with this guy back at your old company, and it's a guy that used a tool uh, such as that assumption loan, such as uh, it's a guy that the, the 203k loan guy, you know mm -hmm, who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. And so it's like he used that. And I remember the first time I ever met him, I said, man, how many two or three K loans do you do? And he goes, not very many. Yeah. And, and because two or three K loans are super hard to do. And you know, people like, I remember when I was at the bank, we couldn't do two or three Ks. And when I got over here, I was like, yes, we can do them. And now I'm like, no, I don't want to do them because yeah. they're so hard. Yeah. And then, but he used that to his advantage because he was out there pitching them. And then that's kind of what, you know, started his, his path to success. So, um, what are your thoughts on the difference between your person that's like, let's say even the mentality of me being like, oh, uh, two or three K loans or, and then somebody that's looking at assumption, uh, loans and then, or like two or three Ks. And they're like, this is an opportunity to set myself apart. Kind of going back to the content creation thing too. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? On using those two as marketing tools? No, just anything like any, like how do you, cause I think that you're that type of person as yeah. well. That's like, I can use this to be able to set myself apart from everybody else. And even though this specific tool right here, it's not, it's not the one that's part of most of my success. It's, it's going to get me to the success. You know, I, I think, I think it's smart to look, think outside the box first of all. Right. But I think that, I think it has to line up with the value that you're giving. Like what we, you gotta be real careful. Cause I think there's a fine line between um, having some sort of marketing edge and being gimmicky, yeah. right? There's there's a very fine line from you just bait and like it feeling like a bait and switch type situation. So I think there has to be value. Um, about I remember I got into doing 184 loans, yeah, Section 184 Native American loans there for a while. And the way I got into it, I was just happened to be golfing with this guy. I think I told you, and uh, he's like, "Do you guys do Native American loans?" And I'm like, "Sure, we do." Yeah, right. So I go back to the office and I research it, and it just light bulb, you know, like, man, I can, there are, there has to be a lot of native Americans in Oklahoma. And if we have this product, this would be a really cool, uh, two things that it has to check box. This would be a really cool product for people in Oklahoma. And it'd be a really cool marketing yeah. uh, piece for me. And so I think if you can check the boxes on those two things, I love the idea. I don't like the idea. A lot of times where people are selling, um, you see these super, super low rates that they advertise and it turns out it's a super short-term arm Yeah. or when they did the negative amortization stuff or things like that. So I, I really think it's good if you can check those two boxes. 203Ks, there's value in 203Ks. Yeah. Now, as a consumer, you have to be prepared for what you're going to go through. Like, you know, like yeah. it's it's not easy. So as long as you're prepared and you know what you're getting into, I think it's a good idea. I think that that's, that's and I forgot that you even used that on that because uh, oh, yeah. we have talked about that before. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm, I'm you know, referring to that, that you're kind of one of those people. But I really like that answer that it has to kind of fit within your values and not be something that you're just trying to uh, bait and switch type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and, and like, think about it. I, I'm not Native American. so So I had to toe a line of me just trying to like, be greedies on a product and, and, um, 
and not. And just, you know, so I, I definitely had to be real careful that I was given value, that I cared about that community. That I, sh- I mean, I used to go to their powwows, right, and hang out. That's crazy. And I didn't know that. I used to, you know, try to learn more, do those kind of things that that uh, that showed that I that I'm trying to help this community yeah. out. And so you have to be careful, like the veteran community. You know, we we want to try to help them as much as possible. I'm not a veteran, but I still have a heart to yeah. try to help that community as well too. That's good. That's good, man. So, uh, speaking about where the market's at. There can be a lot of negativity, but there's still also that small pool of people that are very positive and also the people that, one, are not using anything outside of the box to set themselves apart, uh, or two, they're using the wrong things to try to get the wrong attention, let's say. So with all those, with just those two things, but of course, this question is kind of just overall kind of broad. You can answer it how you want to, but... What, what is it that you look for in a friend whenever you're, you're looking at either somebody in the industry or somebody outside of the industry? But you can keep it as like a loan officer friend because I know that you, you and I are the, 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 different, the different breed that yeah. like I talk to other people and I'm like, oh, you know, so-and-so from this other company. And they're like, no, like I don't know any other loan officers. And I feel like you and I really connect with whoever it is. So what is it that you look for? Man, that's a good question. So what do I look for in a friend? In a friend, whether it's an LO friend, a business partner, or just a friend in general. You know, I would say that my, the, the, the thing I look for the quickest that'll tie me to that person the fastest is just vulnerability. Honestly, if I see vulnerability in the other person and I'm not getting uh, a front, I'm not getting a sales pitch, I'm not getting, and then that trust can forge through that vulnerability, I think that's what I look for, for sure. Would you say that, how would you describe vulnerability though? Once you first met, meet somebody, would you just talk about, would you think about just like simplicity or are you saying like just straight up like, Hey, cause I mean, you've, it took you probably, I don't know, two years to, from when you knew me to really know my story. And that's what I feel like when I really turn the vulnerable side in me. Sure. But you know, I don't well, think there's different folds of vulnerability, like vulnerability. I can't say it. Like take take for example when I met you, you came to me t- to try to learn. Like yeah. you, even our first meeting that we ever had, you showed up and said, "What can I learn from you?" Right? Instead of showing up and talking about everything you're doing and how whatever's going great in your life and how busy you are. I mean, ask anybody in our industry right now, how's it going? Ninety nine percent of them are going to go busy, slammed, yeah. swamped. I mean, we've heard all those words, yeah. right? There's very rare that'll go oh man, I'm really struggling with this right now, or I could really use your help on this, or what do you do when you deal with this? That's that's few and far between, yeah. right? So when we first met and you're like, hey, Alfredo, I'm young in this industry. I've heard good things. And uh, what are you doing? I mean, that's a form of vulnerability too, right? That you're, that you're, uh, you're not approaching it as like trying to put on a show. Yeah. Um, yeah, and over time, of course, I think that that's, We've grown in that area as well, too. But I would say that's that's a very quick one. I was having lunch with the guy in the industry just yesterday. And um, he's another lender at another company. And we didn't really talk shop. We talked about things going on in his family, struggles that he's having in life right now, struggles that I'm having in life right now. And um, to me, I got more out of that than if we would have talked a business strategy. I got more out of that than if we would have talked um, loan programs. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing, too, that... 
I've personally been trying to work in myself just because I feel like I'm constantly, whether it's with you, whether it's with family, whether it's with friends, I'm constantly just trying to maximize every single conversation by, um, and I think that that could potentially take me away from just, just, you know, that vulnerability part of, part of it. I I think you, I think some, sometimes you have to redefine maximizing, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're in there like maximizing is how much information can I get out of this? That's different than like, how can I get the most out of this meeting with this person on a human to human level? Does that make sense? Like, how can I listen to this guy enough that he's, that he feels comfortable around me? That kind of deal. But I agree with you. I think there, it is an important part to have a conversation about like, Hey, how do I, learn from you yeah because this guy that i was talking about yesterday he has a lot to learn from him and uh and so i want to be able to do that too that's good man so uh we just got back from reno a couple of weeks ago um to kind of you know uh further our uh social media everything what 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 did you take from it um honestly man i'm gonna flip the, the table on you i'm pretty impressed with how you've taken off with that you know it's it's been inspiring to me honestly to see you just completely no no questions asked i'm doing this i'm staying the line um so that's a big takeaway for me to be quite honest with you just to see in your uh progress your process your consistency those kind of things why don't you tell us a little bit about what drives you in that area man so we started the conversation today talking about we're in a market where you're either going to sink or you're going to swim until market's better. Uh, a book that both of you and I have read that that's such a short but powerful read. It's peaks and valleys, you know, and we've talked about that. Even if you're staying positive and, you know, still being reality, um, we're technically in a valley right now in the market right now. But it's like, who are the people that are just going to s- stay down there? and just feel sorry for themselves and then just never get back to the top. And then, uh, you know, I like to say that you and I are, are one of the, the, the 10, 15, maybe 20% of people that are slowly but surely climbing up to that next peak, whenever that is. And so right now, uh, you know, that was my second time being out there. The first time I went out there was because um, one of the things that I told myself that I wanted to do um, pretty much right as I joined Supreme almost, you know, three years ago was, um, you know, we had talked about on like, you know, with, with your income, like you, so we all go through those peaks and valleys. And like I said, I, I believe that you and I are one of the few, whether it's 15, 20% of people that are slowly climbing up you know, to the top, but just like, you know, next month we're going to uh, on a mountain man trip and in order to be able to keep climbing that mountain, you got to keep hydrating yourself. You got to keep, you know, food in your system. You got to do all these things in order so, so you're able to get to the top, right? Yeah. So I, you know, uh, and let, let's be clear, right? Even someone, and I know this is the case for me, but even I would say for all of us, I mean, we still get up in the morning and are flooded by those negative thoughts of like, this is going to be hard today. The market is hard today. Um, you know, man, I have to go in again. I mean, it's hard. Like from the very first moment you wake up, you have to start that self-talk, yes. right? Like, you know, I, I have little phrases that I have for myself that if, Hey, if anybody can get this done, it's you, yeah. right? I have these phrases of like, who better? I have, I tell myself who am I do? I ask myself, who am I doing it for? Yeah. Who am I, who, who am I, how am I going to make a difference today? By the time I'm brushing my teeth and by the time I'm walking out the door, 
I start getting motivated because I'm on purpose self-talking because the first waking moment, you're just like, oh, that happens. I mean, some days you wake up jacked, but some days you wake up and you're just like. No, I think you're 100% right. But how many people do you think see you and see the production that you're putting up, see all the things that you're doing and, and think that, that that goes to your mind? I guarantee you nine plus 90% of the people don't, they, they think Alfredo wakes up jacked up every single morning. Yeah. They don't see that part of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, and I think we're all in that, right? Like, I don't think confidence is the lack of fear. It's just controlling your fears, right? Oh yeah. And so I think that everybody has fear. I mean, I talked to, uh, Renee's a good friend of ours and he says that he almost throws up before he goes and speaks many, many occasions. And that guy speaks for a living, you know? And has he told you that the times that where he's not nervous, he doesn't, he doesn't do well up there. Like whenever the yeah, first time that I ever met him was whenever we went to see his, um, his conference out in Vegas. And he, whenever I went to take his class, he said that the day that we saw him, it was like one of the most powerful, uh, you know, talks he had ever had because it was emotional for him because he had been out of it for so long because of COVID. And he said he had that chip on his shoulder. The next day he spoke to another group of people because there was another conference going on there. And he said, I just went up there, didn't think much of it. And he goes, and I just walked off the stage just feeling kind of sick to my stomach because I didn't, I didn't give him my all. Yeah. So, um, what I was saying earlier was going back to, you know, the, the Neil's day and everything. So how I ended up there actually is, uh, you know, been here for about almost three years here at Supreme. And, um, you know, we had always talked about, and I've always known this of like, Hey, you have to put a certain amount of money to your savings account for every time that you get paid. You have to put a certain amount to tithing charity on that. And then one thing that I actually heard from Darren Hardy was, um, Hey, uh, you got to start investing in yourself. So you got to start putting at least 10% of you know, your current income. And once you do that, then go ahead and start putting 10% of what you want to be making into yourself. Mm. So it really wasn't until I would say last year, but really, man, this year I've been hitting it hard as far as like, where else can I go? I don't have any kids right now. My wife's really flexible with everything that I'm doing. And so like, how can I just keep investing in myself? So one of those was you inviting me to Renee Rodriguez, Amplify Live and that day I signed up for it I and remember. I said, I, I want to do this. So then that led me to this January, 2022, went to take his class, life changing. It was incredible. I believe it's made me, uh, not only a better speaker, but I feel like it's made me a more vulnerable person. And from that, I've met a lot of great people. One of them being a guy named Brian Covey, and he's uh, from a different company and he was going to be speaking at a John Maxwell conference the next weekend. And then, so I knew he was a good guy to ask. I said, Hey, if you had to pick, you know, one, if you had to give me three conferences, cause I know you probably know a lot of them, which ones would, would it be? And he uh, sent me three and then I saw Neil's thing and I had to force myself to look at the other ones because I was like, this, this is the one I'm going. Is, yeah. And then dude, it was, it, you know, I, I, I got on there signed up that same day, never looked back. And yeah. I was like, dude, you should have came, you should have came and then went there out there with you again. And then, so in that Valley, as I'm going up right now, that is one of the things that I am literally, uh, energizing myself to just get to the peak even stronger. And you do that by actually not asking many questions and just with open hands saying, I'm ready to do this. And then you got to do it and motivate yourself and find that momentum to be able to keep, keep doing it every single day. 
and the key, right? Like the back to the peaks and valleys thing is like you have to commit that you're going to do these things even when you're at the top. Yes, right. Because I mean, I can't tell you how many things that I have stopped doing because we're so busy, or because I've accomplished certain goals that I've hit, or whatever. My and I stopped doing the things that got me there. And guess what? That leads back to a valley. Dust, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was kind of comparing it to going back, you know, the fitness side of things as well is that our business is kind of like your journey to health to where, um, you look at, you look at, um, if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, right. Yeah. And then you work super hard. You don't go out to eat. You eat really good you go to the gym and you lose those 10 pounds it's a lot easier to say yes to those like hey do you want to go out tonight do you want to go out to eat tonight yeah and then you're like well i've already lost my 10 pounds so I, I i have some wiggle room yeah then the next morning wakes up and they're like hey do you want to go to brunch and you're like well i already went out last night and then by you by the time you know it it comes you know the next week and you've already gained five of those back right and it doesn't matter like to where even if you're the fittest man in the world if you stop working out if you start eating like crap you're gonna lose it all yeah and that's our business and that's a lot of things in lives that people people forget because it's the hardest whenever you're at the top yeah and i think i think the key that i've learned in that cycle that seems like an endless cycle right like you work out you eat right you get to a place where you feel better and so you you cut, you loosen up a little bit and you're right back where you started. And it just feels like this gerbil wheel yeah, to me, yeah. like, you know, and to me, what I've learned is that I got to quit putting my joy in the goal. And you're really good at this actually. And is, is put my joy in the actual process to get yeah. there. Right. Like when you start saying, I'm excited, like you told me the other day, something that I still can't comprehend that you're like, I look forward at in the evenings to seeing what my workout is the next day. I'm not there, right? In the in the health arena, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, but that just to have that joy in the process to get where you're going, I think that's the key. I mean, right? Because if you put the joy when you hit the goal, you're gonna find, unfortunately, that it, that it's empty when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was I can resonate that with that so much. And recently, I uh, really came to ahead on with that because you know the last two years uh like full calendar years that i've been here i i've surprised myself in the the production that i've done for you know where i'm at in my business and everything and but but the thing is like the first year i was here i was like man i didn't even know i could try to make president's club i want to make president's club i want to do that and then once i made it it was like like deflated again it's like okay what now? Yeah, you're just rewarding yourself with another goal, right? And so you're which, just like, that's which what is happened, harder. Which that's what happened. Yeah. I put an even harder goal last yeah. year, and then I got there, and I remember going out to uh, celebrate with my team, and we were like, what now? We are like, we've got to do it even bigger and better. And then so it wasn't until like probably the first couple months of this year that I was like, man, I really, really have to put, you know, one of my high school teachers used to say the joys in the journey and, and you have to put focus in the journey and the process in order to be able to really truly grow and not just yeah. achieve. Right. And talking about how you were, you know, what I was sharing with you, there's a difference between passion of like what you love to do like man i probably you like you know i can't i can't relate to maybe you saying like every time i get in my car i just can't wait to go and see my kids and spend time with them or something you know but 
there, in my opinion, I mean, I do truly believe that you can learn how to become passionate. And by how you do that is by remembering that discipline is doing something that you hate, but doing like you love it. Yeah. So if every single week you're like, man, I got to make my calls and I can't wait. I have, I have 30 calls to go and I, dude, I can't wait to make these calls. You're literally just and tricking yourself to doing it and then into into the point to where you see those results you get that momentum and you're like dude i actually love doing this yeah well and, and i think you can even take that even deeper like the, the way i get pumped up for my calls i'm like i start going like who do i get to talk to today what great conversations am i going to have with some people what trust am i going to instill in people am i going to get to impact some people's lives today you know yeah. when i start asking questions like that about my calls that I'm going to make that day, those calls are different, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. And so I think that's how you have to look at it. It's like, and to me, honestly, the easiest motivator in any part of any journey is people like throw your interaction and how you're going to impact people in any part of any journey that you're having to struggle with. And it completely changes. If I'm not looking forward to coming to work, I start thinking about my team. How can I come in and motivate my team? Yeah. How can I, what can I do with my team? You know, and those are the things that really help me go, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. That's yeah. And once again, though, people always want that magic pill though. And they don't realize that even the most successful people out there are trying to get better and trying to self-motivate themselves all the time. Oh dude, I have, I have from the moment I get out of my truck and in the parking lot, to the, when I hit the door at this building, I have given myself permission to be as negative as I want to be that walk. It's about 20 yards, but from the mind, I can be as negative, but when I hit that door, it's over. It's over. I, I can kick rocks all the way in, but then it's over, man. Well, man, I'm glad we were able to get back together and kind of just chat it up and I, I'm excited to do it again and, and hopefully bring some value to some people, whether it's just on the mortgage side of things or just any type of help that we can, you know, give uh like i said i've learned a ton from you over this last few years and uh and it's you know the thing that i love about doing these is like i feel like i'm learning from people live and at that point other people are able to learn from it yeah. you know at a different time did you have anything else man no that's it man same thing you know i think that you hold on to people right now you're you know in you're doing things so hard going 100 percent, and it's just really cool to to uh watch that it's really cool to have um that motivation side by side. So I'm excited. Awesome, man. I appreciate you. Cool. Same. Bye.